Hello and welcome to the Scotland Stories podcast. I'm Liam McCallum and I'll be your host for this podcast series exploring the stories of Scotland. In this podcast, we'll hear stories of adventures big and small. Every year, we ask people across Scotland to share their true stories with us. We feature all the stories on our website and include a handful of our favourites in a free book as part of Book Week Scotland. This podcast shares a few of these tales. In this episode, we'll hear about witches, walks and needing a wee. Join us as we go into the wild and hear Scotland's stories of adventure. Our first tale is called So Many Ordinary Women by Jill Ryan. Despite our best efforts, we couldn't locate a map of the Fife Witches Trail, so we set off without one, trusting local knowledge to keep us right. All we had were the names of three villages whose infamy lies in their history of killing women accused of witchcraft during Scotland's dark times. Torryburn, Valleyfield, Curris. If we were expecting the haunted guilt of a Salem-type community, what we got was three picturesque coastal towns peopled by the friendliest of folk. The Torryburn car park had information boards but no mention of the witch's trail. We wandered through the village asking people along the way. No one seemed to be quite sure what we meant. Not a shifty denial of the village's dark past, but a genuine look of amusement when we mentioned a plaque. A kind cyclist went out for a way to get directions and told us to look near the bridge. Another directed us along a woodland path in the opposite direction, towards the witch's tower. Like a choose-your-own-adventure story where you keep a finger in the book to return to the other option, we picked both. The trail through the woods became progressively eerier until we found ourselves surrounded by hundreds of years-old yew trees bent into wonderfully weird shapes. One looked like draped limbs crossing its legs and leaning in for a blether. Another was apparently weeping blood. The coagulated red sap in the cleft in the trunk it flowed from looked like a menstruating vulva. The victims of the Scottish witch trials of the 17th and 18th centuries were ordinary folk, wifeys who knew herbal remedies, brewers, powerless servant girls, widows who owned land, pious women and men shocked to be named by others under torture. It's unlikely any of them considered themselves a witch. Had there been actual witches, though, this grove felt like a mystical space they'd have met in. Next to it, the witch's tower, a large private house built over the remains of a 17th century one, was a letdown. As we headed back along the coastal path, what we thought was the witch's rock, where women accused of witchcraft were tried by drowning, was visible out in the bay. Seeming to be accessible at low tide, we risked wading out across the outwardly firm mud flats using seaweed as handholds. We abandoned our foolishness when the mud tried to steal our boots and locals on the coastal path stopped to look out at us with concern. The tide can come in rapidly on this small bay on the Firth of Forth. Anyway, as we discovered later, it was the wrong rock. 
back on shore, we met a more knowledgeable local couple and discovered that the nameless bust on a plinth near the car park is Lilius Aidy, the only witch to have a known grave. Accused of fornicating with the devil, Lilius refused to name others under torture and died before she could be executed. With luck, the couple could point out her intertidal grave, only accessible at low tide, which was still in our favour. A solid, thick, maybe metre-long sandstone slab with no obvious markings was placed over her grave to prevent the devil from reanimating her. The hulking half-ton slab didn't protect her from grave robbers, though, and poor Lilius's remains were divvied out among universities and antiquarian collectors. From the beach, we scrambled over the low wall to the roadside beside the railway bridge and found the plaque remembering Lilius, lying on the verge in line with her grave slab. Finding the beautiful bronze disc in the grass was like stumbling upon treasure. It's illustrated with Aidy's face and a surround of plants, Torryburn buildings, a crescent moon and a prancing devil. They feared she would rise from the dead, it reads. How could she, as she was just an ordinary woman? We spend a few moments contemplating Lilius's life and unjust fate, the disc a portal to a past that felt strangely less distant. Its location is not at all obvious, and less determined adventurers may not have found it. The Valleyfield plaque proved even more elusive. We stopped dozens of people as we trudged along the coastal path in the rain, the May afternoon having turned suddenly dree. They were unfailingly friendly and wanted to be helpful. Some knew of the Torryburn and Curris ones, but none that their local plaque sits under the information boards at the entrance to Valleyfield Woods, as we discovered driving back up the road later. This one also remembers Aidy, an innocent victim of unenlightened times. As we lingered, a bus pulled up and deposited a walking group who congregated near the boards. We willed them to look down and notice the plaque. Nobody did. There's no missing the Curus one. It's under the information board by the bus stop facing the town hall. One of writer Sarah Sheridan's Witches Unite stickers marks the spot. The heritage village of Curris, its cobbled streets, tiny houses and terracotta coloured palace with a wee cafe tucked in behind it, mask its bloody history. With a population of about 600 people in the 1600s, this small community murdered 32 of its women. So many ordinary women, reads the plaque. The lives of the women, the brutal times they lived in, and their restless ghosts were brought vividly to life for us by Linda from the National Trust for Scotland. She pointed out the tiny top-floor windows of the townhouse where the accused were imprisoned and tortured. They apparently still make their presence felt with otherworldly noises and unexplained incidents. They're not at peace and we don't blame them for still raging at the injustices and indignities they suffered. 
on International Women's Day 2022, then First Minister Nicola Sturgeon issued a state apology for the witch trials, followed later by an apology from the Church of Scotland. Work is ongoing to issue a legal pardon of the victims of this massive scale miscarriage of justice. Maybe then they'll rest. Maybe. Next, we hear the humorous tale, The Camping Pea, by Hazel Knox. Fumbling around in the dark, I wonder when I morphed into a caterpillar. But this isn't an insect body. It's a sleeping bag, and I have a bigger problem. Every camper's nightmare is my miserable reality. It's the middle of the night, and I need to pee. Flipping over, I face my happily snoring brother. If only we could swap places. Me blissfully asleep, his bladder begging to be emptied. Maybe if I lie on my back. No, that's worse. If I curl up? Nope. If I curl up and think about deserts? Still need a pee. I don't. I just need to get back to sleep. Closing my eyes, I visualise myself in peaceful slumber. On an inflatable raft floating down a river. A waterfall gushing nearby. Oh, I need a pee and I need it bad. I hate camping. I wriggle out of the sleeping bag, bouncing my snoozing brother on the shared lilo. Scrabbling around for a torch and jumper, I trip over the folded chairs dragged in from last night's rain. My feet are in my wellies before I remember they too were brought in mid-shower. A zip fumble, doorway stumble and I'm squelching my way to the toilet block. (sighs) Every inch of my body celebrates the relief. When I stroll back, the pinky edges of dawn are peeking through. Two fox cubs play fight metres from our tent, knocking droplets of dew off the long grass. The tent zip slides open and I kick my wellies off. The jumper stays on and soon I'm warm and cosy, back in caterpillar pose. My brother has turned over, so the only noises are the tent flapping and the birds beginning to sing. I shut my eyes, content knowing I won't have to pee again for hours, unlike my brother, who will wake needing one. I love camping. Thank you for listening to the Scotland Stories podcast. To hear more about the Scotland Stories project, Book Week Scotland or Scottish Book Trust, please visit the Scottish Book Trust website. Happy Book Week, Scotland! The Scotland Stories podcast has been brought to you by Scottish Book Trust as part of Book Week, Scotland. Thank you to our funders, Creative Scotland. This podcast was produced by Nyla Ahmed, Danny Scott and Gordon Connolly. This podcast was edited by Helena Rafai.